<laughs> My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Total Recall. I am here this week with Christian Marzanski. Uh, actually, my last name is Quail, like the bird or the vice president. I'll get to your name in due course. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that one. That's the best thing about the watch is that I can say that to Dingus. Uh, and with a total recall tagline, I'll be curious to find out if it applies to both movies, but we'll find out. Uh, with our tagline this week, Kelly Wand. Oh, you mean a total recatch phrase? I was hoping for a tagline, but I'll do with a catchphrase. Oh. <clears throat> Is there such a thing as a lesser Wiseman? <laughs> I don't like that one. All right, how about this one? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's have an alternate. <laughs> On a scale of one to infinity, I give it a PG-13. I'm okay with that one. Dingus, what's your vote? My vote is... Mm. <laughs> uh, Dingus, what movie did we see this week? So this week we saw Total Recall. Mm. It's a 2012 American science fiction action-adventure remake movie <laughs> about a factory worker who pops his memory cap. It was directed by Len Wiseman and written by Kurt Wimmer and Mark Baumbach with story credits going to Ronald Shusett, Dan O'Bannon, and John Povell, supposedly based on a short story by Philip K. Dick. It stars Colin Farrell, Kate Beckinsale, Jessica Biel, and Bo Keen Woodbine. Kelly Wan, does any of those merit a... Woodbine, but just on... <laughs> just on his work on the big hit. Total Recall 2012 is rated PG-13 for intense uh-huh. sequences of sci-fi violence and action, some sexual content, brief nudity, and language. That's not real nudity. It's a brief That's nudity. That's why it's brief nudity. <laughs> right. I would say two-thirds of it were real nudity. I can't nudity. believe it's not nudity. No, I think you're wrong on that. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get to that in a second. But first, the, the, I think you are. The arguments about that. It's not, no, look. What if we put a cartoon in there? Well, well, we'll get around to that. So, obviously, a nod to the original movie, which uh, some of us have seen recently, so we'll talk about that as well. But first, I would like to tell you that Total Recall 2012 has a Metacritic rating, and this averages the numerical ratings that it's received in reviews that use ratings. It has a Metacritic rating of 44. Rotten Tomatoes, which... Me. Well, hold on to that thought. We'll get to that in a second. Uh it's Rotten Tomatoes percentage, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive. Kelly Wan, what would you guess that would be? I want to apologize for my pre- premature thinking. And what was the question? <laughs> what would you guess? So 44 on Metacritic seems high to you. What would you think its Rotten Tomatoes 22. rating is? Nope, that's low. Uh, 31. Uh, so that also seems high to you, it seems. Well, 31% of all the reviews of Total Recall are like, yeah, see it. I was closer to right than it was to Metacritic. So in a way, I won. If you think about it. Mm, there are different kinds there are of different numbers, kinds though, of math. Kelly Wandia, yeah, let me handle the math here. We all know that that's my strong point. Wait, what's point. my strong point? Yours is the prose. You do the prose, uh, the synopses, and the source material expert. And you're also in charge of being a national Am treasure. Am I demoted, international treasure now? Am I demoted from catchphrases? Because since you didn't like tonight's, it was too... Uh... I feel like tonight you were going for a tagline. No, wait, wait. Oh, right. 
now you screwed me uh-huh. up. You went for a catchphrase instead of a tagline. Like, leave the catchphrases to, like, Schwarzenegger after he's dispatched he's someone. He's back. Those are catchphrases. Right, that's like a catchphrase. Like, a tagline is something different. Uh, you know, I feel like you were trying to branch out from taglines a I'm little sorry. bit too much. That's okay. I look forward to the synopsis, though. But before we get to that, uh, let's do a little bit more math. Yay! Fuck you, In its opening weekend. (laughs) No. In its opening weekend, uh, Total Recall was beat by Dark Knight Rises. Uh, that's no big surprise. It came in, uh, number two for the weekend with a take of $26 million, which I think is not that promising. So critically and commercially, it looks like it's a disappointment. It's like reading a mystery Uh, novel where there's no sympathetic characters. It's like Total Recall versus Dark Knight Rises. Which should win? No matter who wins, we lose. Uh, that part's true. <laughs> sorry, Dan. Uh, no, let's have a synopsis. No, 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 no. Wait, the math. I'm sorry. I promise I'll shut up. No, that, that was the well, math. No, no that wasn't. I, I, didn't learn the, I didn't learn anything. Teach me again. Oh, just that it made $26 million. Uh That's not a very strong opening for a summer blockbustery movie. Uh, so these reboots don't even make money. I thought the whole point was they're supposed to suck but still like make money. By cashing in on the brand name of a former product. Like, that's the only reason it exists. But it's not even that profitable. It's a waste of money. I think it'll make money. I just don't think it'll make as much as make they Make money on hoping. video in Indonesia. Well, I think what it what it's more a judgment on than anything else is... I, I mean, what it makes me wonder is how much of a box office draw is Colin Farrell. He never was. Well, I, I think after that Fright Night reboot, like I think he helped sort of drive <laughs> I didn't that. See that. So I don't know. Well, that was good. Like I, Dingus saw that. I mean, I think uh, if we had seen that on the podcast, I think it would have gotten a thumbs up from the Quarter to Three podcast. And Colin Farrell was responsible for a lot of that. And I imagine uh, that folks saw that. And you know, horror movies tend to do it well anyway. And they thought, hey, Colin Farrell can carry movies. Um, and I think the lesson of the Total Recall reboot. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Well, Let's, oh, by the way, how, I don't know if, how well did that Alexander movie do? Horribly. And <laughs> instead of my advice, instead of everything, the fucking, uh, he ruined uh, Terrence Malick even. But did you know this? He oh, Dingus, don't let him spy with that. Did you hear what he just said, Dingus, about your beloved oh, new I world? I Dingus liked it. I, I tried to watch a little bit of it and it put me to sleep, but it was it put me to sleep really peacefully, so I kind of like it. That's, the, pur- that's the purpose of that movie, and why would you denigrate that? I don't. How, how dare you, Kelly? One. Let's table the Colin Farrell discussion because I do want to get into that some more. Wait, wait. And Dingus, which one last yes. point? He turned down being in a Cronenberg movie to do this movie because it had a higher budget. Were you aware of that? I was not, but I can't. Considering Cronenberg's last movie, I, I'm not sure that eh, I. Lesser dispute. Cronenberg compared to a Total Recall, <laughs> whatever. We don't. We'll get into that in a minute because I I do want to talk about his casting and whether or not he was appropriate for this and how well he did or didn't do. We'll get to that in a second. But first, oh, yeah. I want to hear. I need someone to clear up for me what happened in this movie because you know, being based on a Philip K. Dick short story, there's a little bit of mind trippiness. Mm-hmm. So Kelly Wan, can you maybe break down for me the events of Total Recall and and help me just sort of appreciate the basics of what happened in the movie? You mean a Total Rexus? No, no, I fucked it up. A totes rexus. That sounds like some kind of weird dinosaur. What? (laughs) When totes rexus walked the earth in the Pleiastic period. They were all weird. Stegosaurus is a fucking weird dinosaur. 
Uh, yes, I want to tote Rexus, Kellywan. Rock and roll. The yes. time, uh, the place. Unjolly New England. A fascist totalitarian dictatorship ruled by American Brian Cranston. A politician who knows martial arts and knife fighting. And the colony. <laughs> a slum of mostly black guys, but ruled by a white British old man who doesn't know or do anything. Although from the opening CG, both these places look like they're in the same hemisphere, the poor, miserable, oppressed droogs of the colony are forever condemned to commute every morning by riding a sweet-ass roller coaster through the Earth's core. <laughs> Fucking police state. Meanwhile, inside the greatest science fiction movie MacGuffin ever, Colin Farrell's head, he's dreaming about shooting a bunch of robots who are chasing him and Jessica Beale around some metal catwalks. Jessica Beale fires 2,000 bullets in this movie and never hits anything. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I sat through this piece of shit was so that I could write this for you fuckers. So you're welcome, slaves. So far, I love uh, your comment on Jessica Beale. Is she more or less accurate than a stormtrooper, Kelly Wan? But she's supposed to be a badass, right? Rebel? Like She's the one that turned it from, like, yeah, these rebels got their shit together. It's not just her vagina. It's the way she... Never mind. We'll get back to the, those. <laughs> Jessica Biel fires 2,000 bullets in this movie and never hits anything, although she's awesome at crying, screaming, falling unconscious, and getting yanked towards cover, and then screaming. <laughs> Girl power. The robot's guns shoot some CG that corkscrews around you like ropes, but doesn't kill you. Do you have to keep the gun on and aimed at the person the whole time? I don't like when CG's used to make weaponry less violent. Why don't they just go for a G rating and have it shoot butterflies and pixelated nipples? Anyway, they get cornered in a room and Colin Firth pops a sewer entrance off the wall. <laughs> and the robots come in shooting at nothing. And Jessica Alba gets blown through the hole and Colin Firth grabs her hand while the robots all stare at them and sigh impatiently at Len Weitzman. <laughs> you have to let me go. Jessica Beale whimpers as she dangles. He's all, I'm not leaving you. <laughs> See, that's my Colin Farrell's American accent. Okay. Then a robot shoots him through the hand, which also hits her hand, although later we don't see a scar on the back of his hand, just his palm, even though it would have had to go all the way through to leave the scar on her palm. She falls safely into some water and escapes while he gets captured instead of shot through the other hand. Wait, they wanted to fall? So by grabbing her hand, instead of jumping in after her, he was being a fucking idiot. A total retard. <laughs> ah. Colin Farrell jerks awake in bed farting. He's understandably horrified to find himself in bed with Kate Beckinsale. She's all, honey, what is it? Did you dream about CG again? And he's all, yeah, but not like when I was in Minority Report. This time it was all chintzy and bullshit. And she's all, hey, I know this sounds like a weird question to ask next, but you didn't happen to dream a bunch of lame robots were chasing you and Jessica Beale, did you? Or even like a two-headed version of me and her, but with her ass and my bush? Or as Kelly Wan calls it, Christmas morning. And he's all, oh, I have no reason to lie to you, but no. Then they don't have sex. Big surprise. <laughs> Colin Firth goes to work, which involves walking through the Blade Runner set, watching a TV screen announced. <laughs> Another bombing at BFD this morning. Brian Cranston vows cameo. And then getting on the roller coaster that takes 40 guys to work every morning by way of the Earth's core. He and his black friend slash colleague sit down beside each other. Colin Farrell's all, man, 12 years of sitting in these same seats and me saying these same lines. This movie's boring. The black guy's all, want to spice it up? 
He takes his pants off and sit on, sits on Colin Farrell's face and farts, but Colin Farrell's lost his smile. At the midpoint of the roller coaster ride, something, something, gravity, something, circumference, so everything's all slow motion for a few seconds. Take that, Orwell. Colin Farrell works at a factory making the robot security soldiers who keep everyone oppressed and can shoot guns and conduct battle tactics but need humans to manufacture them on assembly lines. Gee, too bad Colin Farrell's not in a remarkably well-placed position where he could make a difference to the rebellion, huh, guys? Since Colin Higgins has the worst safety record on the assembly line, he's in charge of teaching the new guy what buttons not to push. The trainees all, what's this hand-shaped one with the red line through it do? And Colin Farrell's all, this. He holds up his right hand with nine scars and missing three fingers. Also this. He raises his other hand, which is just a hook. And that was just yesterday morning. The trainees all, wow, so these machines leave the exact same mark as a robot soldier's bullet. That sure seems like more hassle to orchestrate than just surgically removing your scar. But Colin Firth's not listening. After work, Colin Farrell walks around, gets bored, and sees a three-titted lady who's all, you'll wish you had three dicks. Colin Farrell's all, did you see my sex video with the black chick? I don't even have room for one more down there. The hooker's all, I'm black too, but whatever, asshole. He goes home, finds Kate Beckinsale in bed, and a note made out of CG on the refrigerator that says, wake me up if you want 69. XO, Beck. He yawns dispiritedly and goes out for another walk. He goes to a place called Rec All, run by Kumar, and tells him to rewire his brain so he thinks he's a secret agent instead of a robot riveter. The guy's all, okay, but no refunds if there's a bunch of gaping plot holes or your mom turns into a bear. They inject CG into his bloodstream and spin a wheel of fortune behind his head, but it showers sparks and falls over. Kumar draws a gun and goes, okay, who sent you? And Colin first saw, uh, I think Brian Cranston? Who cares? Boom. Bunch of robots pour in. Kill Kumar and go, all right, Colin Firth, hands on your head. And I'm warning you, no monkey business, but even if you do some, we still won't shoot you. Colin Firth tricks them by Len Wiseman carouseling the camera around and zooming in and out to distract us from the absence of blood, choreography, and how little Colin Farrell's actually moving. He dispatches all 30 robots without doing anything, then stares around at them like he can't believe how awesome he is. I saw this whole scene in the trailer. I accurately predict he won't do anything this skilled for the rest of the movie. Colin Farrell runs around while robots chase him and shake their fists. Kate Beckinsale turns out to be evil and tries to kill him a bunch of times, although they need him alive. Although the round bullet scar on his hand is supposed to be a major plot point, recycled repeatedly, he takes a CG phone out of his hand by gouging a huge wound in his palm with a piece of broken glass, which doesn't leave any scar, and heals instantly. He gives these limp phone cables the bad guys are using as a GPS to track him to a dipshit on some nearby steps. Kate Beckinsale and a bunch of robots show up and stick their tits and guns in the dipshit's face. He raises his handful of useless wires. Fuck you, pigs. This CG belongs to me. I know my rights in a futuristic police state. Kate Beckinsale punches him in the throat so he can't talk. The better to interrogate him. She's all I know you don't know where Colin Farrell went, but tell me where he went. When he catches his breath, he pertinently asks, Who are you? She goes, His wife. Even though she's not anyone's wife. Except Len Wiseman's. Colin Farrell hooks up with Jessica Biel, and they get chased around by more robots. Kate Beckinsale in a flying car. Robots, cops, CG, non-flying cars, Beckin CG. Biel keeps falling and getting wounded, which always results in a small red gash on her forehead. (laughs) That's her superpower. (laughs) She's 
Cyclops. <laughs> After one such fiasco, he carries her to a piano, to a piano store. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Sets her on the couch and goes, Oh, ha ha, I dreamed about you. Just to clarify, I was supposed to kill your leader, but we had sex, so I changed sides? Doesn't that make me sound like kind of a lame spy and rip off Avatar? And she's all, yeah, but we also need to... It's just a good deal. <laughs> that should be British. Yeah, but we also need to download some shit from your head, so we're ripping off Johnny Mnemonic too. It's all accents. He plays some piano, which triggers a CG message from himself. You're doing great, me, says his bearded past self. Can you just keep it up? Keep it up. Since those robots over my shoulder are taking forever to smash through that door, I'm going to hide this message inside a piano. Good luck. I sure hope after I get captured they don't torture me by making me have sex with Kate Beck and... But the tape runs out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nine chases later, Colin Quinn and Jessica Simpson get cornered in a bank by nine million cops outside, but not one sniper among them. Instead, they send in Colin Firth's black friend to convince him that he's high and imagining the last hour of the movie. He's all, none of this shit's real, man. That's why the dialogue's so implausible. See, they injected me into your bloodstream. And look outside. Kate Beckinsale's wearing a shawl over her black body armor, so you can barely see the assault rifle. She's super concerned. But she's not really there, and neither is the shawl. And Colin Farrell's all, uh, wouldn't it make more sense to send her in to convince me? Doesn't wife trump black? <laughs> not that I'm not high. For some reason, the black friend tries to persuade Colin to shoot Jessica, although if he did, it wouldn't change anything. For some reason, Jessica Beale sheds a tear instead of trying to point out numerous inconsistencies in the black friend's hypothesis. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even rip off the scenes right. That's what's amazing. (laughs) Making Paul Verhoeven look smart. That's how fucking stupid you are. Although fake tears wouldn't seem beyond the capabilities of the hero's subconscious, Colin Farrell shoots his black friend while the cops watch and do nothing. Kate Beckinsale scowls and throws away the shawl. Like, this is the third worst day ever. 20 minutes of slow motion chase, second unit work later. Colin Ferguson makes it to the rebel base and meets its charismatic leader, Bill Nye. Colin Farrell may as well have left the phone in his hand because the cops show up immediately because his head's a GPS, too. Bill Nye's all, wait, so my character does nothing? Blam. Brian Francis shoots him martial arts. Colin Powell abruptly remembers he's the hero of the movie and saves the world by blowing up most of it and then blacking out. He wakes up in a craft services trailer to find Jessica Beale standing over him. She's all, woohoo, we did it, I guess. Let's make out. But he notices her hands like cut bit and sails. Can't do it. And he tricks her by not being killed by her earlier while he was unconscious and she was standing over him for God. He kicks Kate Beckinsale's bloody corpse out of the trailer and stands over it heroically. A crowd of Matrix extras watching some CG smolder in slow motion turn around clumsily. One of them points and goes, Don't worry, it's that guy who caused all this destruction and thousands of deaths, and he's standing up not saying anything. Everyone cheers. Jessica Lane comes over, her scraped forehead in a plaster cast. Looks like we did it, kinda, although maybe it was all in your head. He's all, there's nothing in my head. Except your saliva in about two seconds. They kiss, and the CG extras cheer dutifully as Len Wiseman emerges on stage to take a bow. He gestures at Kate Beckinsale's dead body. The cheering continues courteously. He gestures all around. And though the applause finally subsides and the extras get on the bus to go home, he's still gesturing yet. The end. The end? <laughs> well, it's because, you know, it takes a while. They, like, dissolve to black. Like, you know, I know the movie's over, but... 
All right, Kelly Wan, thank you. For what? Uh, Kelly Wan, when's the last time you saw the original Total Recall? Ten years ago. And it has more good scenes in it than this movie. Dingus, when's the last time you saw the original Total Recall? Mm, Thursday? No, Wednesday. All right, me too. I also saw it in the last few days. So, real quick, I just want to see if you guys agree with me on this before we get to the Total Recall remake. I don't think Total Recall's any good. Sharon Stone's good in it. I agree. Sharon Stone's good. But I don't think Total Recall... As a matter of fact, she's about the only thing I kind of like about it. And it was like pre-Basic Instinct... Um, she seems to kind of be having fun with it. They they have fun with her character being sort of evil, and I like the reveals about her. But overall, I think Total Recall looks chintzy. Uh, it it uh it it like Schwarzenegger's just awful. I, I think that guy. I, I like the part where I mean, he takes the thing out of his nose. That, that part's kind of funny. Well, you know what? That's another thing. Is like I think uh, they have all those uh, Rob Bottin special effects with the fake Schwarzenegger heads and even the fake Rachel Tocotin head when they're decompressing in the Mars atmosphere. Like I don't think the special effects hold up. I don't think they fit well. Uh, I don't think the movie's nearly as like funny or clever as uh, either RoboCop or later on Starship Troopers. I just think it's a, a lesser Paul Verhoeven movie. And in a way, I look at it as the last gasp of the '80s. Uh, and I just, I was surprised at how terrible it was. So are, are either of you with me there? Kelly, Wan, it sounded like you were defending it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Dingus, how do you feel the original Total Recall holds up? It feels like the whole thing is shot in a parking garage. God, it yeah. really does. The production design is just, it's just chintzy. Like it looks, it, it, considering this is eight years after Blade Runner, and this is what they come up with? Well, I watched uh, um, Starship Troopers this week, too, because it's on Instant Watch. <laughs> and Paul Verhoeven seems to just love... I wonder if he lives in a cement hut. Because everything seems to be made of concrete That's and cement. And all, the, all the apartments look like they're made of concrete. They're very clean. But everything in Total Recall does look like a parking garage. And it is just... I, I understand that I'm supposed to be watching a satire, I guess. But it just feels so thin and flimsy. It's really bad. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just I was sitting there thinking, did everybody get duped? I don't know. I think you're right. Wait it on is, which? It, on on the the Verhoeven Total Recall. It's and and Schwarzenegger's horrible. He's terrible. What are you gonna do? It was, it was clearly, um, you know, the, the way that it was put together. I don't know if you guys know this. Originally, you know, it was in development hell for a long time. Uh, they had bought the rights to the Philip K. Dick story. And there was one point in time where Total Recall was going to be a David Cronenberg movie uh, starring, starting William I Hurt. Like. Uh, which I, I would have loved that. Like I, but instead, and this was clearly their directive, you know, Schwarzenegger, when they acquired the rights for it, he had creative control over pretty much everything, and they clearly wanted it to be, and they made an Indiana Jones goes to Mars kind of movie, but without any sort of, <laughs> well, without any sort of vision. Like it's, 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 it's image of the future is just really, like Dingus mentions all the, the concrete buildings and the, it looks like it's in a parking lot. Uh, even the, the cars, like those cars look awful. They're like, they're like golf carts with plastic, you know, with like cardboard shapes put over them. Uh, you know, they even try to have a chase scene with those little golf cart things and it just looks, it looks like, the worst of those chintzy 80s action movies, like a straight-to-video 80s action movie. Uh, and that's what I didn't remember. Like, I remembered not being a fan of it, but I didn't remember how awful it looked. Um, mm. It's not good, but anything that this movie cribs from it 
is be- like it made me feel nostalgic for things in it. Like the scene where the the guy tries to tell him it's a dream, like it's better than this shit. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, then let's talk about it as, as a remake because I do feel that there were, um, you know, I've never read the Philip K. Dick short story, but I love the premise. You know, it's this sort of sci-fi take on a Hitchcock thing about you know the the double agent, the guy, the the every man who knows too much and who's hunted down. I like the sci-fi twist to it. Um, I am going to go ahead and, and go on record as saying I kind of liked I like the remake way better than the original. Ooh, I and I really now. did like you're dumb. Well, and I and I really did like early parts of the remake. I feel the remake runs out of steam, and Lynn Weissman probably can't bring a movie together <laughs> to save his life, a total package. But I feel early on, I, I really liked like the first half, two thirds of the movie before it ran out of steam. Um, and one of the things that I didn't like about this remake was times that it felt the need to make a nod to the original. And for instance, the scene with Bokeem Woodbine trying to convince him that he's having a dream was just, that made no sense. I didn't feel it was done well. Uh, like you mentioned, the difference between the tear from Jessica Alba and the, the, you know, the, the drop of sweat in the original scene with the guy who's in charge of Total Recall. Like, Lynn Weisman didn't really understand what he was doing there. Uh, totally missed the point. But overall, I think this is way better than the original Total Recall mm. for, for reasons that I'll go into in a second. Real quick, Dingus, you weigh in now, and then Kelly Wand will get you in here. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I liked it. Uh, I can't believe how much I liked it. <laughs> Kelly Wand. I, can't, I, I feel yes. totally stupid. I can't believe that. He, I thought I would be the lone voice, but I can't believe how much I liked this movie. And Tom's right, well, it runs out of steam, and he's absolutely right, because I actually highlighted in my notes the times where the movie tried to do those swaps, like the two weeks thing is horrible. Oh, God, and it, yeah, that's such a fan service thing, yeah. too. Yeah, and whenever it tried to do that, it was clear that Len Wiseman was just like, okay, we'll do it, but I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but the other stuff, uh, I think I think so much of it works so much better, and maybe it's just because I like the the Blade Runner look better than the, I don't know, concrete garage look i don't know what it is but yeah well dingus what you're mentioning to me you know one of the reasons that i thought the original total recall was bad was because of the production value and this movie did a much better job with not just the production value in terms of making everything look good and expensive and i actually liked some of the cg in here but in terms of the its vision of the future you know, I got a much stronger sense that there was somebody in charge here thinking, hey, this is the the kind of future we have. You know, we're going to extrapolate iPads from this, you know, their whole deal with the hand phone. Uh, some of the gimmicks I really, really liked in this. Uh, and I and I thought it was stuff that failed miserably in the original Total Recall, and it succeeded here. And, yeah, and a lot of it was just how good the movie looked. Here, here's another thing I'll throw out. Uh, and Kelly Wan, this might uh, we this might create uh, some sort of a indignation in you, but I like the cast here for the most part. I was really well. I'll, I'll just I'll just stick with that. Uh, the, I think the cast of the original Total Recall is horrible. Schwarzenegger's horrible. Rachel Dakota, and I don't know what became of her, but I realize now why you didn't see more of her. She's just so flat and wooden in that. Sharon Stone was having a lot of fun, but otherwise, you know, even Michael Ironside is the villain, just just ridiculous. There's nothing there. Uh, like, I think the cast of the original is horrible. For the most part, I really like the cast of this one. I, I really love the choice to basically collapse the Michael Ironside's character into Capex yes. and Phil's character. I think that's great. And I thought she did fantastic. She was, she I, was great. The idea that she's going to run around playing the villain, Fantastic. 
Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Wood, what do you think of that? I think uh, <laughs> you're both really high. And, um, but <laughs> now, I don't want to over-defend the original one, because it's not good. Okay. And you haven't seen it in ten years. <laughs> what? I remember it being really lame and stupid and disappointing. But I think we knew it was going to be. But also, I'll give it. It was more gory. Like it, it was an R-rated movie. It was, it was another '80s throwback to where people get shot with machine guns a bunch of times for no reason. Right. Right. Um, and then, <sighs> go well, that's for Hogan doing Sorry. the whole R thing that they could do back yeah. then, without I guess as much worry about losing yeah, money as it. we worry about now. now. I agree with you. I, I miss that too. Um, but I, I think Len Wiseman shoots around it well enough. Yeah. Uh, and when you watch the original, you kind of sit there feeling like, yeah, this is fine, but why? I mean, I understand we're supposed to be watching a satire, but I don't, I don't really think that. I think that Verhoeven just says, yeah, it's not working. We'll call it a satire. I, I honestly don't see those points. And if you read the original story, that's not in there. This, the original story is as great as like the little, bits of it are it's kind of fluffy what do you mean fluffy dingus just like a lot of filler and stuff or it's not like a thriller short story i mean it, it's it's really not i mean it, it there's it's it's kind of like uh the, the main character goes to recall finds out he's got these memories buried and then says oh you know what just cover those up <laughs> He never ate it. So it doesn't have any of that Hitchcockian every man who finds himself in the middle of injury. I don't want to like, see a bunch of reboots of robots. Just take it out of me. Fuck that. A shit. little bit. It, a li- it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like that. He goes to recall. They find this thing in there, and he goes, "You know, I guess I was a spy. Can you just shovel over that and give me something else?" And then they find something else, like a bunch of aliens found him when he was nine years old and decided not to destroy the Earth because they liked him. And and uh, that was a buried memory too, and and he just says, okay, that's fine. I mean, the, the, it's got a nice sci-fi twist to it, but it doesn't have any of this going to Mars stuff or any of this uh, this intrigue about about the, the the way these movies go. So I mean, right? It's it, it's got a nice sci-fi twist, but it's not like this, right? Um, well, well, Kelly, one then I want to so I want to get back to uh, so so you didn't like. Uh, for instance, like Kate Beckinsale, She's or the Sharon Stone is more iconic. There's not an iconic sequence in the remake that I can remember. Where I went, ah, oh, that's better than anything. Well, that's actually a fair point, and I feel and that's part of why I say that the original Total Recall was like the last gasp of the '80s. Uh, you know, this is more of a throwaway summer blockbuster. Um, you know, back then, some of these '80s action movies, like, like you're right, there, there was there were iconic things about the original Total Recall. There's a reason that we still say. You know, get your ass to Mars, and you know this was Sharon Stone before we knew her from Basic Instinct. Um, so there are things that are iconic, but I just I, I, I think that uh, maybe because we were kids. Or, no, <laughs> I mean that stuff holds up for me because it's funny to me. While well, CG is never funny to me. I know I'm just looking at a blank screen. Well, as a bunch of guys driving dune buggies around a set, and we're supposed to think it's Mars is. A good way to kill ten minutes. Look at the workload they put on to entertain you. You know, I guess if you were to look at it as that as like a as humorously bad, yeah. I could understand the appeal on, of Quato? the original Total Recall. That's supposed to right, right. Gabby. Well, and, again, and that's all those those Rob Bottin special effects. You know, it's I think that was that was even after the thing, which is the thing like because the thing looked so good and like I don't think those Rob Bottin fake heads. Even the Quato, I, th- I think that stuff just looks chintzy and latexy and terrible. Yeah, but the thing does. Uh, 
Right, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is this was this is what we got after having watched Blade Runner and The Thing, and then you fast forward a few years, and this is what we get with a big budget sci-fi special effects laden movie. And in the, in that regard, I recall being disappointed. I don't think it holds up. Um, and I just think I don't know. Maybe we were just dumb kids and didn't know bad movies mm-hmm. back then. I don't know why we. Is it just that Schwarzenegger was just so ridiculous? But so to be fair though, Kelly Wand. I, I think this one will be less memorable because it is just a sort of a glossy, effective summer action movie. But I will say it's far more effective than things like Spider-Man and Dark Knight Rises, you know, than, than the other big budget action movies I've seen so far this summer. Total Recalls definitely, maybe not up there with the Avengers, but definitely one of the better ones I've seen. You know, you're, you're Jaron Stone like was the Heath Ledger of the other one, <laughs> and Beckinsale was the Nicholson character see i disagree because i really think so here's the deal lynn weissman has been doing these underworld movies forever uh and kate beckinsale is in those and you know i've seen my share of them but i feel oh thing is lynn weissman directed live free or die harder didn't yeah, he that's yeah why I, that's why i watched oh i was just thinking of the guy who wrote the screenplay because you know what i liked that too i was gonna say lynn weissman based on the underworld movies which i think are all pretty terrible is like a a a Poor man's Paul Anderson, and I don't mean P.T. Anderson. I mean the guy who does like the Resident Evil. <laughs> ones where movies. we all lose. <laughs> but I, I feel that uh, you know I liked Live Free or Die Harder, yes. and I, I did like this. So so you're an easy room. Or well, well I I agree with both those things too. You know I think the one thing that the original Total Recall has going for it, and that and that is part of that. Maybe we can hide why Arnold Schwarzenegger's fake head looks so horrible. Yeah. Is that um, there's more of a sense of this could all be in his head than there is in the, in the remake. Yeah. Because when, uh, when John Cho says, pull that thing out of his arm before it takes, you kind of get the sense of, okay, then we know this is all real. Uh, or we're supposed to more way toward that side. Whereas when you watch the original Total Recall, you kind of keep thinking, is it real or is it not? And that, and that, and it has that going for it, I think. And that thing is exactly why that scene where the head of Total Recall shows up and says, take the pill, right. is exactly why that scene works so well there, and it just feels out of place in like a bit of weird fan service here. Uh, there's even a, a line in the original Total Recall where uh, I, I think he says to Ronnie Cox, you know, this is the greatest mindfuck of them all. There's no real mind fucking going on in this in this remake, uh, and I feel that that was kind of a missed opportunity. Uh, they maybe the I end do too. I don't know why they why do they do that. I mean, you know, in a sense, I don't know why you even bother calling this Total Recall and just make just make your own damn movie and don't bother with any of that crap. Yeah, they had. I mean, you know, it's it's like a rights issue, and it just seems like somewhere along the way the script, uh, and it was co-written by a fellow named Kurt Vimmer who has done. Movies that I that are similarly bad but that I've liked nonetheless, called Equilibrium and Ultraviolet. Those are both huge guilty pleasures for me, and I would put this in that category. Uh, he directed and wrote those, but it seems like what was going on here is he wanted to do this story. And I, I am I reading too much to say that this is like a invasion of Iraq parallel thing? Like is this a, is this just like post nine eleven invading someplace for the wrong yeah, reason? Yeah, Len way. But it was a Kurt Vimmer script. Like, the script is Kurt Vimmer and a, another fellow, Dingus, do you remember the name of the guy that wrote Live Free and Die Harder, who was the co-writer on yeah, this? Yeah, Mark Bombach. 
Right, right, right. Uh, I, I get the feeling that, that instead of the stuff in the original Total Recall about the mutants and Mars as a separate colony, uh, you know, that here they're just going to do an invasion of Iraq kind of story where Brian Cranston is doing all the explosions as a pretense to invade this other country. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more like blowing up the main in the Spanish Civil War, but it just feels like it's this like post-Iraq political message that they're kind of wanting to put in there. Uh, that I, I don't, you know, I could take it or leave it. It, it was, it was silly. And that's part of, part of where the movie runs out of steam. But, you know, the alternative is to do that silly thing about the, the alien artifact on Mars that gives it an instant atmosphere. <laughs> the Genesis device. Uh, Oh, God, it is a Genesis device, and isn't it? It's a Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> that, Kelly Wand, is a Deus Ex Machina. Very good. Yeah. You finally got the term right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love that I the aliens made this millions of years ago. No one's just going to leave it. <laughs> and nobody's going to touch the switch to turn it on, too, until Schwarzenegger, like, plops his big meaty paw onto <laughs> right, it. Right, yeah. he's the chosen one. He's a spy, too. So he knows how to flip levers. <laughs> Well, let's talk. So, if if we were if we take this as the the summer action movie that it is, Kelly Wan, how could you not have been won over by, for instance, even that 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 chase scene? Which one? Uh, did did you not that the 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 maglev freeway uh, chase? I kind of like that part actually. I'll give you I that. loved that. I will give you. That. Okay, because Kelly Wan, here you go. Here's where when I say Lynn Wiseman is a poor man's uh, Paul Anderson, uh, I kind of want to take that back. Just by the by virtue of the fact that when they drop off the bottom of the maglev, he's smart enough to have the movie go totally silent for a moment. I, I, was, I was just like so proud of him at that point. I feel like he'd, he'd grown up. He never would have done that in one of those crappy underworld movies where Kate Beckinsale is throwing grenade pins around or whatever. Uh, I just really loved that moment. And that, that was like, I even had someone in my audience cheer at that point. <laughs> I love that moment so much because it feels like up till then you're kind of on board for another pod race and then yeah. he does that drop and that's it's the the mag when they throw the magnet back on or whatever he does it smashes that van and oh, i loved all of that so much and it, it reminded me of what what it takes to do a good car chase is you like change up the rules and you introduce new elements you don't just string together footage of cars going really fast you know he 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 goes out on the freeway and then they pick him up and then the police cars come in and they drop underneath it and they turn off the gravity and like i i just felt like it was a it was a well done even though it was very cg i'm okay with that just sci-fi after all uh it it was a well done car chase and i did i sure didn't expect i was going to get that in a total recall remake and there are consequences um, because you know, yes, she recovers later on, but she's unconscious for a, a good part of that time, and he has to carry her away from the car. It's not like the, he makes her buckle in. There's this great little sequence of, of he. I don't know if she's dead there. I mean, she's obviously like not going to be so romantic. And they play with things too, like here you take the wheel, and the wheel goes over yeah. to his side of the car. Like I just loved little touches like that. Come on, Kelly Wand, didn't you love? Find find some glass. Touch glass. Didn't you love that little that little bit that little uh, techno gadgetry? Mm-hmm. He goes find a piece of glass, and he doesn't say what size. But then Colin Farrell says, <laughs> "Oh, he means a gigantic window." So I can. Oh, I did think they were going to go straight to the cutting out of the. Uh, out of hand. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. I knew that was going to be the counterpart to Schwarzenegger pulling the bug out but of. But if his he nose, did that but... on purpose to himself, he put the phone in his hand on purpose. Never mind. 
Kelly One, yeah, don't, please don't try to analyze it because I'm pretty sure it's going to fall apart. It falls apart. apart super easily to me. And that's all I see. No, Kelly One, it, it's like I can't enjoy CG the way you guys can. I'm always left out in the cold. Well, not just the CG. Like, CG does, I don't think, well, what falls apart for me is the plot. Like, so why is Kate yeah. Beckinsale trying to kill him? <laughs> why are they setting up that elaborate, What's, uh. Does she want him joke? to remember? So they wanted Jessica Beale? Is that what they needed him for at the time? No. But it was, he was a double he, agent anyway. Yeah. Well, no, the whole point was for him to get to Brian, or no, to Bill Knight. Right. And it's just like the original one, is that he really is, in fact, a double agent. Uh, he really is one of the bad guys. Uh, and, you know, he, he gets redeemed by, by coming over to their side. But the whole point is they never want, it's like in, uh, Star Wars, when they let the Millennium Falcon go, Han Solo knows that it was too easy for them to escape. Why'd they even send five ships after the Millennium Falcon, though? Because to, to, because they have to put up a pretense. They, but they didn't here, buy the pretense. They should have stopped. Here, well, no, Han Solo's too smart. Uh, Han Solo outsmarts the Empire. Lucas didn't have the money. Here, no, no, Han Solo how? was totally duped. Late. Oh, no, you're right. It's a, it's, 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 a, it's easy a Leia. You're right. Thank you, Dinkus. Yes, thank you, Dinkus. Why no, didn't they just take it Dinkus. out? Ha ha, Dinkus, Dinkus knows Star Wars oh, better than me. Ha-ha. Why'd they go right to where they didn't, the homing device would, didn't, they didn't want Because they have no, because they have the plans, Kelly Wand. Yeah, Dingus, explain it to him when we're done recording the podcast. Dingus will explain it all to you, right, including right. why R two doesn't use his his flying jets earlier. <laughs> anyway, the point being here, I, I, it was never clear f- to me how much they were actually trying to catch him or let him get away. I don't think the movie was clear on that either. Uh, like, did they just want to shoot him? Did they no, what's, just need to trick? What's great that ahead, as Dingus. soon as Lori, uh, I think that's her name, when Kate Beckinsale finds out on the phone. Oh, that's who he is? Kill him. I mean, it, she, it doesn't matter to her what the motivation is. She's a cop. She's like, oh, it's... It, when she finds out on the phone that it's uh, who who this guy actually is and what the plan is, she's just like, kill him. I don't care what anybody says. Just kill this guy. But why does she... Right. Oh, it's because she's a cop? So, Dingus, it sounds like you know more about her backstory than I do. Well, I, I don't necessarily. It's just the difference between her and Michael Ironsides. Michael Ironsides' character is totally cowed by um, Cohagen. And right. and I think that it's sort of a dynamic of who the star is. Kate Beckinsale is probably not going to play that character. <laughs> I am the director's wife. I'm going to make my own character choices. I'm going to kill this guy, and I'm going to kick his ass every chance I get. And that that foot, you know, the, this is way before that, but that foot chase, you know, out of their apartment, which, you know, Kelly Wan's yeah. joke about her at the end, not killing him when he's asleep, it applies to the beginning of the movie, too. I mean, why does not just let him go to sleep and kill him instead of trying to choke him? But that whole fight and then chase across the rooftops, I, I love that, and I love the way she reacts when she's on the phone with Gohagen, where she he goes, take me off a speakerphone or whatever it is, and she yeah, goes, yeah. oh, okay, and she goes, kill him. I mean, <laughs> just, like, forget it. Whatever else he wants, we're, we're doing this, and the, the cop's like, okay. See, Kelly I Wan? hate rooftop chases. They're always boring. But you know what, Kelly Wan? That wasn't a rooftop, though, is the thing. is they were like I loved how they were set up as these weird little concrete cubicles where people lived that were bolted up under the subway or, or whatever was going on there. Uh, you know, it made for some great pulled-back visuals. Uh, I, I loved that as an alternative to your typical rooftop chase. You remember how Kelly Wan felt about the swimming pool over the apartment in um, this means this means Tower Heist? Oh, in this means four. <laughs> I tried. He, that was the car. He, says, he has a feeling about. It. He doesn't like apartments that have windows over other apartments. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. Kelly Wand is our uh, interior decorating slash architecture <laughs> authority. Aquarium. Uh, Kelly Wand, 
I mean, I'm not. Now, Dingus can't speak freely about this because Dingus's son goes to school with Colin Farrell's son. So Dingus has a conflict of interest here. So Kelly Wand, you're going to have to fill in. How did you feel Colin Farrell did in his role as Doug Quaid slash Wingshauser or whatever his name was? (laughs) Wingshauser. Isn't it Wink Carl Hauser, William Hauser? Wait, something Hauser, I think. Kelly Wand, evaluate Colin Farrell's performance. Go. He's in the movie. <laughs> I I really liked him in this. Uh, I was prepared to hate him, but no, you weren't. You weren't on board with him. I just kept thinking that he was in Minority Report, and it's kind of the same movie, but good. Do you know that this the uh, the purported sequel um, to the original? Total Recall is what became Minority Report. Oh, that's right. What? How? I don't care. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds boring already. Uh, I, I can't paint interest even for another second. I thought Colin Farrell was really good in this. Uh, you know, he, he kind of has to play a poor man's um, born always, in a way. That's what he always is. He's always the poor man's some other actor. That's not, I mean, that, that, I'm just saying. That's not spit off. Even in my case, he's no. the poor man. No. No, yet Miami, you're watching the wrong movies, Kelly Wan. See In Bruges, uh, see Cassandra's Dream. Dingus, give him a few more. See The War Zone. See, in Dingus. see The Long Way Home. Oh, I can't. Uh, the the Long Walk, whatever that one I, I loved him in that. Uh, but anyway, you know, he, he's got the safety deposit box. He's got the I'm surprised, I'm killing people moment. But he, he's so much better in that I have to kill all these soldiers moment than Schwarzenegger is. You yeah. know, as, as big and, and, and dopey as, and, muscular as Schwarzenegger is, you just never believe that he can move like that. And at least you believe that Colin Farrell can. I, I really liked him in this. You know, uh, whatever personal conflicts I have, I, th- I think he does a fine job. Well, of course you would say that, because if you run into him at a PTA meeting and he hears you saying anything else, you would it would be awkward. <laughs> That's absolutely true, because he's totally tuned into this. <laughs> and at least he, uh, has, I- he has chemistry. I mean, the... the Yes. The awkward thing about that first scene with Sharon Stone is that oh god she's, she's so jealous which this movie totally eliminates by the way the jealousy of the oh, dream fake jealousy isn't it cuz she's trying to Sharon Stone is what's amazing about Sharon Stone is that she's actually trying to work with this emotionless slab of right. doofusness <laughs> in total recall I mean, that scene is, like, so embarrassingly bad because it's so one-sided, that early scene in Total Recall. And that's, you know, Colin Farrell, whatever you feel about him, at least he can sell this kind of soulful everyman that he does. And he does that very well, I feel. Uh, and it serves him in this movie, I, I think. Now, here's what bugs me, though. And I've, I've probably said this on this podcast before. I cannot freaking stand it when a movie assumes I'm an idiot and I'm blind by having one character say to another character, "You look like shit." When the other character, no, <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like a freaking he looks like a freaking GQ model. No, he doesn't look like. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> he looks amazing. And furthermore, there's one point where uh, 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 Jessica Beck or uh, Kate Beckinsale says to him. Did you ever stop to wonder how someone like you ends up with someone like me? Uh, and I'm like, no, of course. You guys are like a beautiful couple. I would never wonder that. It makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and it, it makes me think, you know what, how cool would it be to have a total recall with someone like William Hurt? Like with just a regular everyman who turns out to be a spy. And it's part of what makes the Born Identity movies work really well, by the way, is uh, Matt Damon can look like a schlub from the Midwest. You know, that, that works. Uh, I love that I idea that. of like John C. Riley playing this part. 
Yes, yes, Dingus, yes, absolutely. Oh my god, a John C. Riley would be great. Yeah. As the Kate um, Beckinsale part. <laughs> Kelly Wan, is that is that your fantasy, Kelly Wan? Is John C. Riley sliding up on his knees to you and crushing you between his thighs? Well Beckinsale watches. <laughs> uh how about Brian Cranston? Uh iconic. Oh, that, yeah, Brian Cranston in a wig. There's nothing quite like that, yeah. <laughs> in a knife fight. Remember when Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar for Sense of Lambs, then he was in that movie with Mick Jagger called, uh, with Emilio Estevez? Free Jack. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is in yeah, Free Jack? Yeah, he shows wow. up on his screen and goes, hey, Anthony Hopkins, like you. <laughs> so that's what Brian Cranston's doing, because he's like the man of the moment. I don't understand I, why, I mean, I, I, why, why you need Brian Cranston. I mean, he's fine. I like him just fine. But you might as well have Kate Beckinsale be turn out to be Cohagen. I mean, why does he show up? I'll tell you why he shows up. I can say it in two words, Dingus. Breaking Bad. Right. That's what I just said. It's like, hey, he's on a really popular TV show. He's playing a character who's supposedly... You know, leaning evil. Let's get him to play villains. Uh, but you know, like I loved Brian Cranston in Drive as this kind of uh, hangdog sidekick kind of character. He was great in Drive. I'm not buying him as like these evil, ruthless. Like, what else was he the villain in recently? In <laughs> no, Kelly Fund. Uh, and why is Jessica Biel so bad? What's what's up with that, Kelly Wand? At what? At, at this, like she, she always, was great. In, yeah. She was great in London, which you had me Wait, see. Wait, now you as like a, London all of a sudden. I liked London. Any, I, no, I liked London as soon as I saw it. I, I like London Good a yeah. lot. And in that, she was great as this privileged, ditzy, vapid socialite. I think um, I bring... But see, it's like, that's when she was fucking Chris Evans. And I think that comes out in the movie. And it's like, in Total Recall original, it's like the birth of Sharon Stone. So it's like, this right. leads to all the shenanigans that plagued basic instincts. So it's kind of like seeing... It unfold again. So what does that tell us about where Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel are going to end She's up? She's going to do an NC-17 movie and leave her husband, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Sam Michael Douglas. All it's right. going to be a very confusing scandal. <laughs> very convoluted. No one's going to understand what even happened. As opposed to... Uh, Kelly Wan, why would someone ever, in a fight with a robot, punch it in the face? Because <laughs> the head comes off, doesn't it? That's what I'm saying about this movie. It's like you're watching robots get their arms pulled out and shit. That's boring to me. In Total Recall 1990, there's a lot of shit to the face. Well, that, you know, that again struck me as a nod to the original. Is in the original, Michael Ironside gets his arms cut off, and here they just do it with a robot. I know, that's the swap out. Really? God. The watered down version. And I just, I, I hated that, and this is where it's, I started to lose me, that crate-slash-elevator puzzle scene. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, can't remember now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you liked it in A-Team. Now you don't like it. Now you don't like packages. You've changed. Wait, what? They had a crate-elevator? Well, at the docks. Puzzles in the shipping containers. Oh, that's right, yeah. No, I did like it in A-Team. You like right, rectangles, CG rectangles falling and tumbling around. Kelly Wan, why if... Kate Beckinsale wanted to kill them, would she set the timer to 20 seconds on that bomb she sticks on and the And voice wall? activate it to react to the words, oh shit. <laughs> but it seems like it's giving them way too much time to get away. She, I don't know. She needs watch parts. And, by the way, speaking of watch in, <laughs> yes, in the um, future, uh-huh. who wears a watch anymore? For the most part, 
I really like this movie's concept of the future, but what, what? Colin Farrell's wearing a watch in this movie. Who wears a watch? Kelly Wan, do you wear a watch in real yeah, life? Yeah, I'm right now, which is weird, because I'm looking at a computer monitor that also has oh. time on it. Well, I know Dingus wears the watch, but he only wears it because it looks like a bracelet-y kind of thing. So I think he wears it more as jewelry. So, all right, two-thirds of this podcast wears watches. Yeah, yeah I'm ready for the future, this post-apocalyptic future. <laughs> uh, who is this movie for, though? Like, you. Is, you. Okay. It was for, come on, it was for kids who want to see, it, it's for, pe- it, it, you know, by being a Total Recall remake, it's for guys our age, but for being a cool summer sci-fi action throwaway popcorn movie, it's for everyone who likes that kind of but thing. But I didn't want to what see this, that? and I bet they didn't want to see this. Kelly one, how did you like seeing Barack Obama on a dollar bill, or on a bill? Wasn't that cool? Didn't you dig that? That happened in the movie? Kelly- Kelly Wan, did you did you like the eye fridge? I noticed you made fun of the CG note, but come on, don't doesn't that make you want an eye fridge? Do we have that tech yet? Maybe, maybe in a few years. Mm. Can you recast the Jessica Biel part? I would like to recast it with a blonde dude. A blonde dude? Yeah, why not? That's Dingus' answer he... for everything. Yep. Wait, you mean like like Paul Walker? Yeah, why not? Feel a little uncomfortable. I feel either very uncomfortable or thrilled with that prospect. One, two, three, I'm <laughs> you and me. Got one eighty degrees, and I'm caught um, in between. Counting. One, two, three. Yes, Kelly, one. You know what you're doing, I guess. Were you trying to set me up ten minutes ago? Is there a limit to the number of foul balls somebody can hit? Is that for the movie? Four? <laughs> Listen to Tom. <laughs> Tom wanted talk. to give the serious answer to your joke. It's math-based. Let's do, speaking of math, let's do a three-by-three. Yeah. I like that. I'm just disappointed that we didn't start talking physics with that gravity element. Oh, well, I don't think, yeah, I think once you're punching through the center of the Earth, you kind of relinquish any claim to physics or science. (laughs) Yeah, same. Just, Dingus, if you see the core, you'll know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't you agree, Kelly Wand? Uh, Dingus, what do we got for this week's 3x3? All right, we got your three worst squanderings of assembled talent. <laughs> All right. Besides, never mind. Besides this podcast, right, blah, blah. Say, too. Well, besides the original Total Recall. What we, although, no, there's, uh, yeah, there's the original there. Total Recall. <laughs> The total original recall. half of all the total recalls that exist. Original pictures. I, I have and to I say that recall. when that when that showed up on the movie on the screen, I started laughing. It did not start yeah. the movie well for me or the people around me. <laughs> Wait, when what showed up on the screen? One of the production, uh, the, the studio that did this movie, it's called Original Films. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the total recall. And I forgot yeah. that Tom had said that when it showed up. I started giggling. <laughs> people next to me were like, "Uh oh." Check out this Joker. Hey, when you see Colin Farrell at PTA meeting, tell him I said very convincing. I'm just gonna say, uh, then <laughs> that's from that's Kelly Wong, right? Uh, speaking of words in Kelly Wong's yeah. mouth, ugh. ugh, total waste of wasted ensemble talent in a movie. Wait, this uh, wasn't my topic. Why is my mouth on trial? Well, we'll see what you come up with. Oh, oh really? Out. I'm that guy now. I'm the topic ruiner, am I? Well, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> well, you know, we'll find out. I don't like this topic, though. I don't, I don't, like, I don't either. Sure. I hated it. I want to kill. Oh, well, you picked it. I agree. I don't, I'm, 
Okay. Who's that he picked it? Well, then I'll just mention because I don't I don't so much want to talk about these like movies like this. Like it's just I'm going to say it and it's going to be crappy and disappointing and. Uh, although maybe my number one, just because I saw it recently. But here we go. I'll just throw them out. I go first because I'm introducing this week's topic. Uh, one of my f- least favorite wasted ensemble talent things. Uh, I don't think the director's talented. I think he also wrote this. I don't think he's uh, talented there. But he somehow got a fantastic uh, cast, all of whom are pretty much wasted. And when I say cast, I'm only thinking of the three of three actors. Uh, but I think it's really hard. <laughs> That's not to, an ensemble. Is it three? Uh, I don't know. No, anything it, more than anything bigger than two? Anything more than two is an ensemble. Yeah, I said assembled talent. It can be the ensemble of the cast, people who made ah, it. it it's it's soup to nuts. I'm kind of looking for the whole group of talent. Okay, well, of here you go. In that, in that case, no. In that case, this fellow managed to assemble. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Zoe Deschanel, and Chloe Moritz. And then, after assembling them, he squandered them in a horrible movie called 500 Days of Summer. So there you go. Dingus, does that work for the Absolutely. topic? Absolutely. That's not an ensemble I, movie. Yeah, come on. Dingus, or Kelly Wand, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel are both so likable and no, so I, good that they qualify for at least three actors each. So that right there is six acts or actors' worth of talent. Squandered in 500 Days of Summer, and plus, Kelly Wand, have you even seen 500 Days of Summer? I saw 300 of them. <laughs> Felt like longer. Right. But wait, Matt Math Boy, yeah. that's not an ensemble. Yes. Okay, it's an ensemble. It's assembled talent. Yeah, he assembled these very talented actors, and actually, uh, Chloe Moritz is kind of cute in this. Uh, I seem All to right, recall. So now, now we're back down to two actors, which is definitely not an ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's got a number in it, so it's even mathier than normal for you. Well, Kelly Wan, in that case, I recommend you see 500 Days of Summer and then come back and tell me that you don't think it belongs on the I list. I saw it. It's dumb. Oh. All right. <laughs> uh, it's like... And it's, the thing is, it's not even as fun as Amazing Spider-Man... as the Amazing Spider-Man. Never- <laughs> Kelly Wan, that's true. You're going to say that movie yeah. as if it had more of a title. <laughs> well, I wanted to put a number on it, but I realized halfway through talking that it didn't have a number. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man Days of Summer. <laughs> Uh, all right, so there's my number three. Kelly Wan, what is your number three worst ensemble, assembled talent? It's not an ensemble, remember, necessarily. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Wait, we just did a podcast on that. But it is. Right. Do you have anything to add? Can you do? Can you give us a line reading? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll do my favorite line from it. Lines. You have to guess okay. which character I am. No! Wait, I didn't do it right. Wait. No! Okay. Uh, it Darth sounds Vader? like... Close. It's John Lithgow. I want to say it's, it sounds like Wilford Brimley when they're going to lock him up in the thing. When people hear a guy they, say, No! They'll die for him. He's so charismatic. The way he says, No! Kevin, can you muffle your voice a little more when you do that? No. I mean... <laughs> Uh, all right, so we have a, a Dark Knight Rises showing up on three by threes and already. Acting again hey, for the podcast. You even did the accent too. Accent. Dingus, what is your number three <laughs> worst squanderings of assembly? I keep talent? hearing people ask this, but how does that guy eat? Mm, intravenously. Right. That's technically not eating at that point, but uh, that's. 
I hadn't even, you know what, thing is, I hadn't even thought of that. As bored as I was in most of Dark Knight Rises, that never even occurred to me. Because I didn't, I guess you don't, do superheroes even have to eat? Or he's, villains? He's I don't so know. bulky, though. Oh, I thought Dingus was doing a quote from his pick. No, Mike, Mike, Mike about the, so. the quote from Mike, my pick is, I don't like sand. I don't like sand? Attack. Dingus, what uh, talent, I mean, there's one, I can think of one talented actor, but what other talent was assembled in uh, that Phantom Menace It's not movie. Phantom Menace. It's Attack of the Clones. How oh. dare you? Phantom Menace How was an awesome dare you? talent. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, you know what? I McGregor. Hugh McGregor? Natalie Portman? Uh, oh, Hayden Christensen yeah, is really good right before this I, in Shattered Glass. Ben Burt is working with him on editing when he should be doing sound. And George Lucas at some point was talented. No, Dingus. Sam no. Jackson. No. Wait a minute, Ding, Ding is George Lucas was never talented. Was uh, it? THX? Nope. Uh, hmm. Wait, yes, he was. When before he named A New Hope, A New Hope, he was talented. When he made when he made Star Wars, the original Star Wars, he's talented. You can't. No, no, Ding is the the biggest credit that I give George Lucas no! for anything <laughs> anything coming close to talent is opting not to direct the other the second two Star Wars movies. Right, and that's. That right there, that's the most gifted that he man ever was. That by directing the next three. It's a great <laughs> effect. But anyway, so Dingus, you're actually going to uh, roll out a prequel Absolutely. Movie. I was All hoping right. Yakety Sax would that's have bolted in by now, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the, the, uh, uh, the Attack of the Clones, because I, just... <laughs> I cannot believe, when you watch the clip of him saying, I don't like sand, it is unbelievable to me that that's how he says that line. And the, the number of things that Natalie Portman says in that, and you and McGregor talking about not liking flying. These, are, these three people are good actors. You know, at least one of them is, has been nominated for Academy Award for good reason. Tell you what, listen to Dingus. I can't help it. This is a squandering of talent of unprecedented levels. To say nothing of the squandering of his own idea. What idea? He's like a. Let Dingus do more. I want to hear more. (laughs) I did not say that. uh, The idea, Kelly Wan, of like Watto and the Padres. He wasn't true to the Midichlorians idea. I could totally understand Dingus. Stop talking. And and the whole idea that C-3PO was built by Darth Vader. I mean, how could... The fact that he couldn't see that idea through Kelly Wan, that's just crushingly disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my number two pick for most disappointing. Let's get to uh, movies that actually should have been good. Uh, As opposed to the Star Wars prequels, right. Uh, The writer of Armageddon... I bring up Star Wars and Tom gets to bring up. The writer of Armageddon, who was partly responsible for Armageddon, because I brought up Star Wars. You know what, Dingus? You open that door and the horses get out of the barn. And in this three way. So, born like no, born rats. Ultimatum. Huge fan of born supremacy. Born priority. Wait. No, shut up. Or oh, identity. It goes identity. I screwed up. Identity, supremacy, ultimatum. I hate born ultimatum, and I think it's a really 
Uh, I know they had problems with the script, whatever, but the fact that Tony Gilroy, Matt Damon, especially Paul Greengrass, uh, could collaborate and just make something that's just works so poorly as far as a follow-up to Supremacy. Uh, it didn't really seem to have any good ideas. They even waste really good actors like David Strathairn and Patty Considine. Uh, I was just bitterly disappointed at, so at Born Ultimate. The writer, the director, and the wow. actors. All three. You uh, are so reaching on this. I can't believe... Wait, you, you like Ultimate? No, I'm saying... Oh, that's... You're calling an ensemble people from three different disciplines, which is totally illegal. Nope, not calling it. Uh, Dingus's uh, specification was assembled talent. <sighs> no, no, what he what he just did, I hate to say it, because no! he breaks me across the coals for bringing up Star Wars, but he's he's absolutely right. Uh, and Ultimatum feels like it's it's assembled right. from scrap. Old George Lucas and from... new George Lucas are now an ensemble because he was used to be good. So the new Lucas. Well, I'm not saying my third choice was any good. I'm just saying Tom's second choice is good because mm. he's talking about the assembled talent. And and part of this is uh, inspired by how awful the watch was, and I felt it was a good group of people working together, and how awful Dark Knight Rises was, which was a good choice on your part. And the question Tom had: How could these people? specifically Jonathan and Christopher Nolan, who are responsible for making The Dark Knight, how did they screw up so much when they did this? It's the same group of talent. And so, yeah, and the same with Born Ultimatum. Right. You know, how, how do they come to that? Yeah. Mm. So. so I'm fascinated by this idea that, that they, they're bringing the same group of people and somehow they, they have the same pool of talent and they squander. Uh, Dingus, the thing is, after after Born Ultimatum, though, because I also hate Green Zone, and that's Paul Greengrass and Matt Damon. Is that Tony Gilroy? Do you know Dingus? I don't think so. That's J. Okay. No, it's not Chandra. Well, it's from J. Chandra Gassar's novel, but what? I don't know if uh, Dingus. What's the guy's last name? No, I'm 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 saying I'm saying the wrong guy. I'm I think I'm saying some comic. I'm, you. I'm, well, it's the, it's the political writer who did a novel called something like something that in the Emerald Jake, City or the Emerald yeah, Zone. It, Jason Chandrasekhar is a is a comedian. The guy I'm thinking of is is Chandrasekharian. Oh. <laughs> Think it's your racist. At any no, rate, no, it's, the point it's a book being, by Chandrasekharian. I don't remember his first name. And all the, 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 the actual writer was uh, the writer is the guy who did. Oh, what's his name? Brian. Brian, Scott what's Burns. his name? Scott Pilgrim. Ryan, Brian. I don't know. Brian. Oh, oh Brian Helgeland. That's right. Brian Hell. Yes. And now that for that reason, I'm not that disappointed in Green Zone. I, Brian Helgeland can be a, a little hit or miss. Uh, but even like, like post Born Supremacy, Paul Greengrass. Or no, no, he did. He did Born Supremacy. Then he did United '93. The two things he's done since United '93 colossally disappointing to me. Uh, and I find it very worrying considering how brilliant some of his earlier stuff is. Um, so at any rate, Born Ultimatum uh, is to me just, uh, that's my number two pick. So Kelly Wan, what do you have to top that? Your Highness. <laughs> yeah, but what movie do you have oh, to top that? My number that? two would be uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. No, it's Your Highness. So what, what talent right. are you talking about in that? James Franco, he's a huge... Go on, but what, what, that's an ensemble to you? Natalie Just Portman. Franco. Natalie Portman, thank you! Okay. Aha, she's a, who else? She's a gifted on. actress. Just, we well, know that. I don't want to keep we've, seeing we've all seen. 
we've all seen Hesher and Garden State. And Closer. I like that one a lot. I'll bet you do. I, I like that. I like everything about that fucking movie. And V for Vendetta. You're a huge mm. fan of her performance in that because she she cut her hair. Eh. You guys seen the Le Miserable trailer? Oh. <laughs> or Anne Hathaway cut her hair? What? There's a girl in that story. That was about a loaf of yeah, bread. A cop. Cosette or who's Cosette? I, or, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I read that. It looks really long. No, you don't read it. You listen to it. It's a musical. What's the matter with you, yeah, Kelly? Before it was a musical, it was a bunch of words. No, it's always a musical. Oh. <laughs> uh, at any rate, okay, so, uh, Kelly Wand, your number two pick, Your Highness. Colossal Ways of Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Is right. Thank you. And who yeah. was, uh, the villain? Oh, yeah. we liked him. Justin Thoreau. Yeah, yeah. I did like him. So he wasn't squandered. Yeah, and he, mm, yeah, he was. He should have been in something better. He had no one else, though. That's true. Oh, oh, speaking of Zoe which, Dutch who else was in that, by the way? Okay. Exactly. Thank you for my number three pick. So, Kelly Wan, you're, we're all like folding together. We're, our picks are dovetailing. Neatly. We're like an ensemble. <laughs> Dingus, what is your number two choice for colossally wasted use of assembled talent? All right, I'm going to quote it, and I'm going to give Tom's favorite quote from this movie. Can't wait. No, I ain't married. What's up? <laughs> I hate when Angus tries I want to hear to that again. Black, so it's embarrassing. <laughs> I want to hear that again. Wait, oh no, no, oh god, no, I do love that. Oh, Dingus, Tower God, oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah, we've Ew. already even talked about it. Wait, who was the town? Ta- I thought the line too. again. Wait, that's Eddie. That's Eddie Murphy when uh, with the with Precious with Gabrielle Anwar or whatever her Gabrielle name was. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, do the line again, Dingus. No, I ain't Mary. What's up? That's Dingus is Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, so who else? Okay, Alan Alda, Matthew Broderick, Precious, yeah. the novel by Sapphire. Go on. Ben Stiller, huge yep. talent. Uh, who plays the the woman studying for the bar in that? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Do you remember? Oh, T. Leone. No. No, oh, but T. Leone's in it. But no, the woman who plays... Dingus, you know who I'm talking about, or do you? Yeah, she was the woman from Win Win. I can't think of her name right now. Yes, right. She's the secretary in Win Win. Amy yeah. Ryan? No. Oh, that would have been tragically disappointing if Amy Ryan had been in Tower Heights. Amy, Amy Ryan Adams. from uh, from uh, Green Zone, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Nina, Nina, damn it. Hartley. Nina, Hartley, what? Nina Arianda, Nina Arianda. Uh, thank you, Dinkus, well done. Well Googled. And, of course, um, Casey Affleck is in it. Oh. oh, no. Oh, ouch. This is hurting me, this topic. It's causing me pain. Directed by Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're on track. That explains it. They yeah, snapped, I, it. it all makes sense. I snapped sense. it into focus, didn't I? <laughs> uh, all right, lost, so yeah. now... So, now we're so, toward, so Gabourey yeah, Sidibe comes off of, of having these incredible reviews uh, as Precious, or whatever she played in that movie, Precious. And uh, Eddie Murphy, this is supposed to be his big comeback, and we, we kind of slunked, slunked, slinked into this. I was kind of hoping it would be this, this airplane uh, tower heist, this heist movie in the airplane vein, and Eddie Murphy would have this triumphant return. And just, it, you know, part of it, part of it, is the problem that Tom had with the watch is that Ben Stiller is so bored and you can lay that at his feet. He's just terrible in it. But these other guys are, they're all good actors. It's just, what happened? What happened to all this talent? It's just, blah. 
just barfed onto the screen. And that beautiful gold uh, Steve McQueen car. Yeah, so sad. I don't like these Ben Stiller movies where he's all serious now. Like, okay, I'm... like Greenberg. No, that one's all right. I dare you. <laughs> all right, you know, I was going to make an awesome point, but you chose. Ah, I forgot what I was talking about. To bring up yeah, Greenberg. you chose to mention Greenberg. <laughs> not cool, man. <laughs> oh, Greenberg. I feel so bad, bad for not picking Tower Ice now because I thought of Tower Ice and went, "Yeah, there's no one good in it anyway." What am I thinking? But I'd forgotten that uh, Casey Affleck. Brett <laughs> Ratner directed it. So I feel uh, abashed. Sorry, Aaron. All right, well, let's see what we've got at the top of our lists. This is the cream of the crop when it comes to squandered, assembled talent. Uh, so this this week I saw a movie, uh, a director I really, really like uh, named, I'm going to screw this up, I'm assuming his last name is Mireyes, Fernando Mireyes. He's a Brazilian director. He did City of Lost God, God Children, Children, Hope. Is it God? City of God. City of I God. Picked this about is the, great. Go ahead. Oh, did you see it? Go ahead. So his most recent movie is called, and he did a movie called Blindness, mm. uh, which I think Dingus and I like quite a bit. But his most recent movie is called 360. And uh, it's got quite an assemblage of talent, including some actors I'd never seen before who are very good. Uh, it's set in, it's set all over the world, and there's, uh, some of the action takes place in, uh, I think, like, Eastern Europe somewhere, and there's some very good actors there who I hadn't seen before, but it also has, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Rachel Weiss, uh, Jude Law, who's no great shakes, but he's, you know, whatever, he's, he's no Rachel Weiss, he's certainly no Anthony <laughs> Hopkins, uh, but the, the real squandering, the, the movie, uh, it's a script by Peter Morgan, who did The Queen and Frost Nixon, um, and the idea is that it's this story about, uh, it's kind of interconnected stories around the world based on sexual dysfunction of some sort or another, or infidelity, or sexual hang-ups, or whatever. And it's how all these characters are supposedly linked. And it's just, it's awkward, it's contrived, and it has this soap opery feel by the time it's all over. And it just doesn't show any of the signs of the great stuff he did in Blindness, or even City of Children or God, or whatever that was, which was okay. Uh, but... What what's what what's most disappointing in this movie, Dingus? Did you see? No, this? I'm t- thinking of something oh. totally different. So go ahead. Okay, what's most disappointing in this movie? And this guy has been in several bad movies, and he's he's always fascinating, even in bad movies. Ben Foster has an amazing role in this movie. I, I don't even know if I said the name of it. The movie's called Three Sixty. Uh, and it's called that because it comes around 360, like in a full circle. It's loosely based on a French play called uh, La Rondine. It's an opera, La Ronde. At any rate, at any rate it's based on a, a play where two characters interact, and then one of those act- characters interacts with another character, and then that character interacts with another character, and by the time it's over, the last character comes back and interacts with one of the first characters. It's like a full circle. So the movie's called 360. It's horrible, but Ben Foster has an amazing part as um, uh, a sexual predator who's getting out of prison. He's been convicted of an unspecified crime, uh, and he's being released from prison, and we meet him talking to his caseworker. And his caseworker is saying, you know, how do you feel about being out in public? Uh, you know, we, we've worked a lot with, with your issues. Um, and, and you can tell he's, he's basically a good guy, but he's kind of scary, and there's something off-kilter about him. Uh, and he's explaining that he doesn't quite feel ready to go into society yet, and that he wants to go stay at a halfway house for a while. And you get a sense of this really tortured guy 
guy struggling with these demons. And Ben Foster is so good at this. And what happens in the course of the movie, and I'm going to spoil this because I don't recommend anyone see this. It's just this, the, all the talent in the movie is wasted. I, I, don't, I don't feel anybody, but, but Ben Foster's stuff is just really amazing. So I'm just going to spoil it. So what happens in the course of the movie is he gets on an airplane to go fly to this halfway house out of prison and the flight gets grounded because of weather so he is stuck overnight in a crowded airport you know literally pressed up against other people trying to get connecting flights and he's someone who's just been away from human contact because he's got some sort of sexual predatory you know predilection we don't really know what it is and there's an amazing scene where he's at the airport he's freaking out a little bit and he's on the phone with his caseworker and she's saying, do we need to call, you know, do, do you want us to send someone to help you? Are you going to be okay? Uh, and he's sort of struggling with this. And while he's talking on the phone, he scoots his foot over and just pushes it up against the foot of a little girl on the phone next to him. And it is this absolutely chilling, just, just gross, weird, mesmerizing scene uh, about this guy dealing with whatever he's dealing with, being out in public, literally pressing flash with people. Um, so, and... All that goes to waste, though, in the rest of the movie. How, how's what, Kelly? How's that a squandering? Sounds like it's good. Oh, you know, it does sound like it's good, but because it's it's it had the movie takes so much time with these other silly soap opery plot threads uh, that I was constantly like, well, wait, I want to see what's going on with Ben Foster's character. Uh, you know, where does this end up? Uh, the, it's just there's so much like he's so good, but there's so little in the movie to connect to his story. Uh, and if you were to just look at this part of the movie, it's literally like, you know, 15 minutes of the movie. You know, there are that many different plot threads going on. Um, but it was, it was, it was mesmerizing, chilling, and just completely squandered, uh, along with the rest of the cast of this movie. We should, so, and Peter Morgan's script. We should script. do a three by three yeah. where it's movies about the wrong character. Oh, I like that Kelly Wand. You know what? I'm gonna maybe that's what maybe that's what I knew you would. So we're floating it to you, so I get a free. It's just gonna be Ben Foster movies, I'm afraid. Yeah, and Armageddon, yeah. A great ensemble. I, I, I'm afraid, Tom, you've sort of failed because no matter what you say, you keep making me want to see this movie. Well, you know what? See it, and I'm telling you, Rachel, I mean, just the rest of it is just so... It's a Peter Morgan script, for Pete's sake. You know what? Did anybody see, uh, what was it called, Afterlife or Afterwear? Or what was that Peter Morgan script with Matt Damon? Oh, God. The the Clint Eastwood? Hereafter. Yeah, yeah, Clint Eastwood. Was it called Hereafter? Yeah, it's... Because that's Peter Morgan, too. I didn't see that, but I didn't hear anything about it that made me want to no, see it. No, it's offensive, uh, disgustingly bad. It's... Wow. Oh, ouch. Too soon. Poor Peter Morgan. Wait, Dingus got offended by a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> I I, 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 I'll share that. I've been offended by some awful Clint Eastwood movies. <laughs> Come on, uh, Million Dollar Baby? Like all that, that silly stuff they did with her family, with Hilary Strank's family in that? And uh. Well, the, the good thing about Hereafter is that that gross feeling happens within the first 15 minutes, so you're done with it, so... Yeah, you got to wade through a lot of soap opera stuff in uh, 360. God, I hated that movie. Another movie with math in the title for Tom. <laughs> and a halfway house. Uh, all right, well, Kelly Wan, what do you got to beat that? What's your favorite example uh, of squandered ensemble I don't like talents? my list. I don't like doing these. I think I'm terrible at it. Well, we're almost Good done. Point. Stick that wasn't just one more. Say. You're just going to know, Kelly, you're great at this. We all look forward Kelly Wand, your picks are awesome. Ours suck. You're not a good actor, <laughs> and I agree with Sorkin on that. 
Uh, my number one's Mars Attacks. Oh, Louise Fletcher eating a rat. Right. Wait, is that on there? Isn't that, or is that Marge Needs Moms? <laughs> Marge Needs Moms. Wait, is it Mars Attacks? Oh, no, no, Kelly Wand, you're doing the, uh, the, the Tim Burton one. Uh, Isn't there a Toby Hooper Mars Ghost Invasion movie? That's John Carpenter. Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, there's a Toby Hooper one where Louise Fletcher eats a rat. It's like a remake. That's not Mars Attacks? It's not Life Force, is it? No, no, please. It's got some title <laughs> like that, like Curly and Energy Field, the movie or something. I don't know. So what? what is your I pick? Just, is the I love Mar- that Mars, Mars Needs Moms. Is, I, I think that should be it. <laughs> As if anyone saw that, Dingus. Uh, uh, yeah, so Kelly Wan, what's the one you're talking about? See, they want, they, Mars- so that was the movie where now there'll never be another Mars movie, because Mars Needs Moms was like... No, come on, Mars is big in the news. We just landed a uh, the little yeah, curiosity Yeah, like real Mars, Mars. Mars, not like fake Mars. John Carter? That was real Mars. Uh, Mission to Mars. Fake Mars? Wait, so wait. Recall. wait, wait, John Carter was real Mars. And Mission to Mars was fake Mars. As far as we know. Mars, Red Planet? You know. Red Fake Planet, Mars. true. Red. That's a good one. These are all hu- huge box office hits, as I recall. Uh, 2010, the year we make contact. It's not Mars. You fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mar- they have that whole thing with the storm on Mars. What? Is that the name of the movie? Uh, at, at any, any rate, rate Mars Attacks has Natalie Portman in it, so she made all the lists. Oh. She's the most squandered yeah. actress, statistically, according to us, which is really the only statistic worth knowing. Uh, Kelly, one real quick. The, the movie I was thinking of was Invaders from Mars, which is kind of like Mars Attacks. I mean, they're, they mean the same thing. Isn't Paul Lamont in that? Or Paul Lamont? How do you say this fucking name? Uh, I've never had to say his name out loud. I assume it was a silent T, and it's just Paul Lamont. I think it's just Paul I think, Lamont. You know, I think you're thinking of Bud Court, by mm-hmm. the way. Because he is in that. Uh, so go ahead. So I'm sorry. Invaders from Mars. It's a Toby Hooper thing from the 80s. But yours is Mars Attacks, the Tim Burton one with Natalie Portman. And uh, how about that Jack Nicholson two performance? Two of them. He plays two roles. He ah, that's right. Lives, that's right. One of them dies. Anna Benning is and in it. doesn't... Right? And doesn't Sarah Jessica Parker's head get put yeah, on a dog or something? Yeah, and Pierce Brosnan. They both get killed. Danny DeVito. How can that not be awesome? No. Never underestimate the power of Tim Burton to ruin anything. Yeah, but Cam that was, Greer, yeah, Mark I guess Dick so. Fox, Rod Steiger. Tom Jones. You know, these great actors like Tom Jones. And and was it the resolution in that, that if you play Tom Jones records, the aliens explode? No, it was a like song. It, oh, if you play a country song, it kills the, like the aliens are allergic to, you know, not water, not viruses, but like this one particular country song. Yeah. It's like a sonic right, virus. Sounds awesome. That's from something else, though, too. Some other movie did that. I want to say Kevin Smith, but I'm thinking of the Planet of the Apes controversy with Ape Lincoln. I don't think it's that. There's some other movie where songs no. kill Martians, so it's a known thing. It's like the Mayan Apocalypse. Anyway, that's my number one. Hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. Dingus, what is your number one pick for squandered, assembled talent? <laughs> Why did you just bring up Bud Cork? Because he's in Invaders from Mars. He's in my number one movie, too. I think. Oh, you hated... Because you hated uh, the thing with Ruth Gordon. Uh, but uh, something and something. Somebody in... Uh, Natalie and 
dadgummit, hold on, don't tell me. Uh, so and so and so and so. Uh, Ruth Gordon asked Ruth Natalie. And Tom <laughs> Harold and Natalie. Oh, Harold and Maud. Harold and Maud. You say that's you saying it like Ruth Harold Gordon. And- Do it again. Harold and Maud. Do it. <laughs> I did not do it like that. Uh, it, so a Bud Court, a disappointing movie with Bud Court. I think he was in it. I, I I didn't write him down in my list of people, and I can't look it up a right now. adventure. But I'm almost certain Bud Court shows up in this in my most disappointing uh, squandering of cast and ensemble. Okay, well, give us a, a line from the movie. I can't, because we'll I hated this movie so much, and it's from my one of my favorite directors ever. That's why he can't quote it. Does that make sense? I can't. I can't quote it. I don't think there's a. There, I don't think there's a line in it I liked. I, I think Tom might be able to quote it better than I. Would. But he doesn't know what the movie. All right, is, give me it. Yeah, once I know awesome what the movie idea. is, okay. All right, <laughs> it, it, Tom. It, it's called The Life right. Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Ah, uh, there's a couple all right parts, aren't there? Jeff Goldman gets shot through the chest, doesn't he? That's cool. The uh, the gun, the shootout. Isn't there a funny shootout with Bill Murray? I think everything with Willem Dafoe is great, but otherwise, not the worst yeah. squandering. I think it's a huge squandering, given uh, because I remember seeing it, and I think we got to see it in some sort of a screening kind of situation where we got to talk about it oh, afterward. Yeah. And I just sat there thinking. I mean, the, the cast is phenomenal, and the the guy who directs and writes it with Noah Baumbach, by the way. Uh, yeah, two yeah. of my favorite people, Wes Anderson and Noah Baumbach. And I just sat there watching and thinking, really, you're rehashing Royal Tenenbaums already? Um, because even the framing device, the whole thing just felt like a rehash. And that the cast had just been thrown into their same parts and then scrambled a little bit. Uh, and in fact, when, when we were watch when I was watching Moonrise Kingdom and we have that pan up through the house, I just kind of felt like, oh no. Because there's that same thing that goes on through the uh, the submarine or whatever in Steve Zizou. But then Moonrise Kingdom, of course, transcends all of that. And it almost feels like, to me, kind of an apology. Kind of like, you know, uh, sorry about that. I don't think that's what he's really going for. But I really despised uh, Life Aquatic. And I just don't understand why that guy did that with that group of people when he has done so many other great things. And there are plenty of other people who love Life Aquatic, but... Uh, hmm. Who's the woman Cape in Blanchett. that? Thing? Cape it, Blanchett. It is Cape Blanchett. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. if I can despise a Wes Anderson. Yeah, I know, that's awfully tough language, especially coming from I know, I felt, uh, I felt bad I, about that. I remember saying it. I okay. just was so upset, feeling like this is a retread already. Hmm. So Kelly Wan Dingus puts Phantom Menace. But he's fine with <laughs> Life he's Aquatic. Fine with Len Wiseman as uh, Total Recall. That's different, oh, Kelly Wan. Damn straight. He doesn't mind every retread. Only Wes Anderson ones infuriate him beyond belief, beyond measure. Wes Anderson ones that aren't good, though. Mm. Like Wes Anderson ones that don't have the kind of energy and the charm. and. Uh, but what's like the worst yeah, Martin Scorsese movie? Hugo, mm-hmm. haven't seen it. But New York, New York. Lucky you. Yeah. Bringing out the Shutter dead. Island. Ha ha. No, Dingus. Too all right, I'm with Kelly Wan now. That- Dingus, you're you're crazy for picking Life Aquatic. <laughs> Wait, I thought you didn't like Shutter Island either. Oh, oh no, I do. 
Both you of you loved it. Yeah, you know what's annoying me? I keep right. meeting people and they, and they talk about how awesome Inception was and they haven't seen Shutter Island. And that's always, it, it's becoming irritating because it's like everyone, like no one saw Shutter Island. But it was, it was like Scorsese's biggest hit movie too. And somehow no one's seen it. Shutter yeah. Island? Oh. It was, that's you know what, Kelly Wand? I think, I think, so Hugo's awful and it's in 3D. I think Shutter Island should have been in 3D. What do you think of that? Um, should I see, so I don't so you know what see Hugo is your real point. No, you should just because it's kind of fascinating for this is what Martin Scorsese despises. Uh, whatever. I don't. I don't care enough about. See, that's what the thing with this topic is that movies that are like so disappointing, I don't really care that much about. Like I, I'm like you know I saw it, it was terrible. I'm over it. And I don't really care anymore. No Not only that, just sitting around talking about things I don't like isn't that fun. Unless it's uh, Star Wars related. Right, exactly. You picked this topic, though. I know. I was wrong. I just had I this idea after watching The Watch and having sat through The Dark Knight Rises of how are these people, because of what Tom said, how are these people squandering all this talent? And I thought, oh, topic idea. I have all these others lined up, and I thought, I'll go with this one, and that was a mistake. What am I Tom you? says a lot of things. It's just a little heads up. That was profound. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, are you guys ready for three by three for it's, next week? Do we have runners up? Do we even uh, want to runners up? Nothing for no, me. Nothing. Kelly Wan, did I you remember thinking up? Casino right. Royale, the '60s one, was going to be funny or stony, and it was kind of like slow. you know, I, I entertained the idea of just the movie Casino for a while because I really don't like that movie at all. Yeah, that's case. actually a good choice. I agree Same. with you. Speaking of retreads, yeah, isn't no. that just like a good it's fellas? It's like a shitty kind of, Yeah, and that's, that's what it. I felt it was. I felt it was a shitty Goodfellas, but I haven't seen it. Since it came out, so I felt like maybe it, maybe I was just wrong. I don't know, but That's I thought it was bad. Hmm. Wasn't she nominated for for a yeah Academy Award for that? She's a good actress. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, she's she's made more good movies than Beckinsale has. Not that I'm not interested in Beckinsale, but uh, isn't Kate Beckinsale in that Is white Kate snow Beck- or right. that white Kate Beckinsale the movie white snow? Kate Sharon Stone discovered Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, Quick uh, in the, the Dead. Dead. That's right. Come on. She's awesome what? in that. Right. That's right. I totally forget. Yeah. Where, where's the Kate Beckinsale analog for Quick in the Dead? I asked. Uh, hold on. Um, Sharon Stone pones. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, Laurel Canyon. <laughs> no, good choice, but no. <laughs> gonna do the other uh, yeah. Here's... Here's next week's three by three. So there's a point in the movie we saw tonight, Total Recall, where uh, Jess, freaking say Jessica Alba, uh-huh. no, fucking, uh, Jessica Beale uh, says to Colin Farrell, and, uh, you know, when, when when he says, "I don't remember you," I don't know what's going on, and she she says to him, uh, "No, no," he says to her. This anyway, is my favorite so topic ever so far. I just want to say thank you, Tom. <laughs> Why do I feel embarrassed for my stupid choices? Continue master ceremonies, percentile boy. At any rate, someone says to the other, I think it's Jessica Peel saying to Colin Farrell, and you and I, and we were, like something about whether or not they were married. Anyway, the point being, she doesn't complete the line. It's an incomplete line. It's cut off. It trails off. Uh, What I want from you guys for this 3x3, and this is going to require some homework, our best Incomplete lines, where a line is, <laughs> is awesome. where a line. I is had either, one like this, it was, but it was incomplete words, which have been even worse. Uh, well, you know what? You could get the whole word in, but the line has to either be incomplete or trail off or be interrupted. I just want best incomplete I have lines. A question. 
No questions. <laughs> I, re- I, I, I rebuke your question. I refuse it. I turn it okay, away. Porkins was screaming no. That's your question. That's your question. I, yeah, exactly, Kelly Wand. You do not have the conch. Wait, what? What's uh, you know, that's a weird word. Like, don't, aren't, don't you pronounce it conch? It, even though it's spelled conch, like a conch shell? No. Conch shell. Is that how you're saying it's pronounced? Conch. Like, when you hit somebody on the head, conch. Isn't that how you pronounce that word? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Lord of the Flies, it's whoever has the conch shell can talk. So I was going to say to Kelly Piggy Wan, no, you can't. with a rock. But isn't that how you pronounce that word about a shell? Isn't it conch? And I thought you were talking about, like, Mr. Sulu getting the con. It's like that, Dingus, but it's more uh, literary. I know it's pronounced, it's not pronounced bayayayang. don't know what that was. Uh, at any rate, so there. There are no questions because I think it's a very straightforward uh, three by three. Do with it as you will. It will require a bit of homework. Um, so Kelly Wan Porkins does not count because he gets the vowel from no in there. So it's not incomplete. That's all he was going to say. Was he going to say, no, I can't believe this is happening to my ship. Holy no, cow. No, he's going to say, no, wait, I got it. I'm fine. Oh, I think you're right. That is cut off, isn't it? Uh, if you say so. I well, I'm taking All it right. off the table. That, what else? Yeah, you exactly. On? Nothing. I mean, the table. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you can think of it, it's good for three by three, Kelly Wand. It'll apply. So uh, that's our three by three best incomplete lines, and we will be seeing born. No, for legacy, we will be seeing born legacy uh, next week. Join us for that. I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian Nelzinski. Yes, Christian and Kelly should reboot it before next week with Jeremy Renner again. Because if there's one thing we learn about the future, it sounds like this. one of the many things we learn about the future in Total Recall the remake is that dubstep is alive and well. You don't remember that part? Wasn't that awesome? No. When he goes to the uh, I don't know red light district or whatever it is, uh, everybody's jamming out to some dubstep like this. Oh uh, yeah. The future. Hey, do you want to hear my canadote? Oh yeah, yeah. So, do you have a canadote? Because I have a tahunga dote. Oh really? <laughs> All right, right, mine's really quick. At a recording studio, I saw a sign in the elevator, and it said, please only use elevator for moving. Okay, what's yours? (laughs) So I live in a place up in the northern part of Los Angeles called Tahunga, and near here there are all these, like, horse corrals, you know, where you keep horses. And so you see people riding horses every now and then. Today I saw somebody riding a horse talking on a cell phone. Dingus, do you have a Winnetka dote? Whoa, 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 what? (laughs) <laughs> when that could that right? Oh yeah, that's all. My, yours is short. Why can't my, no? Wait, the horse too? was talking what, on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, good point. I should clarify. The the horse rider was talking on a cell phone. To the horse. I just thought that was odd. And the horse had an ear. Well, I don't know who he's talking. To. You know what? I don't know who was on the other end of the line. It could have been just like a a, a way to communicate with the horse without having to talk too loud. So you might have a point. That's true. The the phone might have been in the horse's hoof. Ah, very good, Dingus. Dingus, what's your win at? I don't have one that's better than the horse. Doesn't have to be better. It's not a competition, Dingus. <laughs> the horse really stole the scene from the rest of the story. It didn't even hold the phone. <laughs>
Was the guy's phone in his hand when he was calling others? It was a woman, and uh, she. Why did it have to what be a guy, Kelly? Why that sexist? Get it. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> Dingus, thoughts? Just try to relax. It'll all be over soon. Oh. <sighs>